Hello and welcome to the 2K Fantasy Premier League podcast. I'm your host, Chris, and we are ready for game week 17, the FBL return. And for those that are keeping count, this is episode 32. Um, we are doing a single part this week, uh, covering some fixtures and some clean sheet odds, and then we'll do questions and we will talk through all 10 games. But before I go into all that, I should say hello to Kev. How, how are you, Kev? I'm good, buddy. I'm just trying to remember my FPL password here. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I mean, All right, you keep, you keep talking. I'll figure it out. I said that's fairly critical to um, it's fairly critical to playing the game. So, so for those that don't know, Kevin and I went divergent strategies on the World Cup in the sense of um, I didn't bother playing the fancy game, and Kev did. And from I, I happened to be in the WhatsApp chat where he was doing it with some other that of the other fancy football geek contributors and the game sounded like an absolute nightmare uh, <laughs> so interested to hear kev's views on that and, and but what i did decide to do is take kev's advice and a couple of bets and i've made myself a little bit of money so um that that would yeah. that so i so i've had a fa- fairly successful world cup from that from that perspective <laughs> i forgot about that that's funny <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't. Although we shouldn't talk about it because I don't really know how to pronounce any of these players' names, <laughs> so I don't want to sound like an idiot. But uh, what you want me to like talk about the fantasy World Cup? Because I'm pretty sure everybody knows it was a fucking nightmare. Yeah, I mean, I think that's about as much as they need to know. And and where did you finish in the end? I'm not sure, actually. I looked. It was like forty thousand something before the whatever okay. last game. I think some guys were in the top one hundreds. I noticed. Uh, once it got to like the quarters, you could tell lots of people stopped playing because I was like soaring through the ranks there and I wasn't really doing anything unique. Yeah. So I think people that as long as you sort of like paid attention to the end, you probably had a really good rank. You know what I mean? Like even though there was one or two million playing, it was probably like two, 2000 in the end playing, you know? (laughs) Yeah. So anyway. Yeah, but then there was there's there was all sorts of games. There's people playing fan team as well, winning money. Uh, people were okay. in like stock leagues and stuff. That was kind of cool. I, it was just the actual like FIFA, like the FPL of FIFA. The the main game was just a bit, bit of cool. a shit show. Like yeah. the, the yeah. there were glitches in it. You could like basically cheat and have two wild cards if you did it early. Uh, it's not cheating, obviously. You know what I mean. But like, there's like a glitch where basically you just had like unlimited transfers, and it's just like I don't know. It's like you really. It, it reminded me of playing uh, fantasy MLB, where you had to like pay attention every day, like yep. too much attention for like little things that you know, like I got shit going on, and we're all in different time zones, man. This stuff's like in the middle of my work day. It's like, hey, Kev, you got to go on and look at the lineup. I'm like, I'm in a fucking meeting, man. I, I'm like, you know, like, it's just, my world's not virtual anymore. It's like hard to know who's playing. Yeah. Anyway. I, and that's exactly why, one of the reasons why I didn't want to play, because I remember the Bundesliga fancy football we did where you could make your changes up until the day, you can swap your captains and stuff. And it's like, you need to be on it the whole time. 
And when you're in lockdown, everything's virtual, and you're probably, you know, it, you know, and the, t- and the times of the German leagues are probably fairly good because it's not normally outside of work time anyway. I think, in fact, it probably always was. But um, the good it, thing about yeah. it is this, like, up. I, I do like how you can make changes up to the first kickoff. Like, I think if they implemented that in FPL. You wouldn't have all this bullshit servers crashing while we're waiting for the Man City leak five minutes before the time runs out. Like, if we all knew the first game's uh, team lineup, sheet, lineup yeah. like, it would just get rid of so much stress. And, like, some people know the lineups and some people don't. It's just, like, a, a stupid unfair advantage. Like, if instead of trying to make it earlier to get rid of the, the leaks, they just make it so we all know the first lineup and kind of like save some dicking about there. What what I find annoying about the the FIFA game is just that you can keep changing your lineup once the game week started. It's like nobody's got fucking yeah. time for that, man. Like like really like agreed for an extended period of time. Like I think people kind of pushed it during World Cup if they had a decent rank. They're like, oh fuck, I'll keep going. Why not? But it got to a point where it's like, dude, like I left like De Bruyne on my bench one game. I'm like, I don't. I, I was like in a meeting, man. I, like just totally forgot the World Cup was even on. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like, so anyway, anyway, moving on. So what? Well, well, given I mentioned it very briefly, so the so first of all, I should say that I'm not a big gambler, albeit what I might describe might yeah. seem big gambling to some people. Um, so Kev. At the start of the tournament, called out this guy called I'm calling him Kazri. He's a chap, he's Tunisian, Tunisian talisman number ten. Apparently, takes all the penalties. And mm-hmm. Kev pointed out that he was eight to one to be the top scorer for Tunisia. And most teams, like their talismans, normally like evens or worse to like be top scorer, like your Canes and your Mitroviches, etc. And therefore, it's not probably worth 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 the bet. So Kev was Kev put a very forward a very good argument to put money on him. So. He didn't tell me how much to put on, but I decided to put fifty pounds on, which is a lot of money. That's probably one of the biggest bets. Of probably not, probably not the biggest bet I've, I've ever done. So I, I I did that, and then the first game for Tunisia, the guy was on the bench because he was injured. <laughs> he, start. he was like, he, he didn't get on the pitch. <laughs> he didn't get on the pitch, but Tunisia didn't didn't score. And yeah. then so obviously I was giving Kev a little bit of abuse, but obviously in in a, in a joking way. Pretty funny. And then and then the next game, he didn't start again and came on for like last twenty minutes or something. And didn't score, and Tunisia didn't score. So at that point, I kind of, at that point, I was like, okay, well, it's not right. at least he's playing now. At least he's playing. But I'd kind of, I kind of forgotten about it. And then I happened to, I happened to be sitting down, and then the France, I was somewhere else, and and the, and then the France Tunisia game was on. I looked up and Tunisia scored, and I was like, oh, yeah, I've got some Tunisian guy in my team. I looked up as <laughs> this number ten guy, and he'd scored the goal, and I was like, I can't believe this. And then straight after that, he got substituted because he's obviously knackered because yeah. he he scored that goal it was like 60th minute. And then I didn't bother watching the rest of the game. And then and that was it. That was Tunisia's only goal. And that back bet came in for a nice, very lucky 400 pounds profit. Um, but but to counteract that story, Kev also made it. I thought it was a very good shout. Is it was his name? Uh, Santos it was Ramos for Portugal. The, Ramos, the 20, yeah, 21 year old. Yeah. So so after he got his hat trick against whoever it was. Um, was it in the last sixteen? It was. He's got his got his hat trick, and they're due to play Tunisia. Um, uh, who were they playing? Morocco. The, Morocco. Sorry, Morocco in the in the quarters. Kev pointed out that he was like twenty five to one or something to get the golden boot. He was only like he was already joint third, and I got odds of twenty five to one 
with each way odds of a fifth, so five to one, and fin- finished in the top three. So I thought if he gets a goal, he's almost guaranteed to be in top three. And yeah. if he gets if he gets more, he might even get the golden boot. So I I put twenty five pounds each way, so a fifty pound bet on that. But as everyone oh, knows, I thought you did the each way thing. So did what, where did he end up finishing then? He ended up finishing like joint fourth, ah, uh, or, or, or fifth. No, fifth, I think, because huh. I think you you ended up with uh, Jiru and someone else on four, right? Uh, and then obviously Messi, and as everyone knows, Messi and uh, and Bappe got the most goals. But again, yeah. it was a good, it was a good value bet, though. You know, as in as think definitely. Was it was value, like the you know. day he just went fucking berserk too. He got like three goals and an assist, and then it was like this guy's only like two goals off Mbappe from like, and he's and like you just assume the chances of them beating Morocco were high. And so you're like, he'll he'll probably start because all that Ronaldo like drama is going on. And he just like fucking went amazing, like awesome. So you're like, he has to start, right? So and it's against technically on paper, like a weaker competition. Like it's a good fixture. So like, why not? 20, 25 to yeah. one or whatever it is. Like I'm I'm doing this bet, but I'm I'm just putting like two two Canadian dollars on these bets. Like I'm not betting <laughs> 50 fucking bucks. Like, like these are like long shot bets, man. <laughs> like, Oh, it, was fun. it was a bit yeah, fun. I, you were I, like playing with it. house money there, so it doesn't really matter. Exactly. So anyway, we shall we shall stop there because I know we should be here to talk about fancy football. So I will I will kick us off with a little bit on fixtures to start off with. So well, I'll start with some the key fact. The deadline is Monday, twenty sixth December. So that is uh, Boxing Day, um, and it's you eleven should, o'clock. Uh timestamp now so you can write in the beginning if you don't want to hear kevin chris fuck around for like 15 minutes <laughs> just fast forward to here yeah i i perhaps i'll put that in the notes to the thing that yeah <laughs> if you don't hear talking about rubbish about the world world cup um and the early kickoff is brentford versus spurs so hopefully not a last minute team news leak that we need for injuries but i guess because i don't think many people are brentford or many spurs players i suspect maybe kane being the exception yeah. um the other thing to note is before that deadline, so that's a week today, I should, I should say it's Monday the 19th of December, so we're doing it a week in advance. Uh, there were uh, nine teams playing in the e- EFL Cup this week. So tomorrow, Tuesday is Leicester, Newcastle, Bournemouth and Wolves. Wednesday, it's Forest, Brighton and Man United. And Thursday, it's Man City and Poole. And they're playing each other. So I think that's worth bearing in mind because that gives you a bit of a clue to those nine teams before we get to the deadline. But I'm sure as people listen to this, they probably would have noticed those games going on. So while we were doing the World Cup, there was some doubles announced. So I'll give you the two confirmed doubles, which are Fulham, Chelsea. Uh, that is Fulham, Chelsea and uh, Fulham are playing Chelsea at home and Leicester away in Dublin 19. And Chelsea have got Man City at home and Fulham away, which is their Dublin 19. And then in... Game week 23, Arsenal-Man City. Uh, so Arsenal-Man City have both got doubles in game week 23. In addition, there was a con- there was a conditional double game week, which has been announced, which goes to show how desperate they are to get, get some of these doubles played. Uh, Spurs yeah. and Man City. So Spurs would get Arsenal at home and Man City away in 20, and City would get Man United away and Tottenham at home. The conditional point is both of the teams have to avoid going into an FA Cup replay. So... So that so City have got Chelsea, and Spurs are playing Portsmouth. So if both those games are settled on the, on the day, then that double will go ahead in game week twenty. So for those looking at the fixtures, that is not 
100% guaranteed. So wait for that FA Cup game to go in before you'll know if it happens, which we won't do when we go into game week 17. So that use that information wisely. The, the other thing to bear in mind is there's a big gap between game week 21 and game week 22. So there's a two-week gap between the two. So, um, And that two-week gap is to cover in the midweek, in the two mid-mid-midweeks is the EFL semi-finals, and the weekend between those two game weeks is the FA Cup fourth round. So there's 11 other games to reschedule. And so there's a very good chance we'll get some games in double game week 21. Because clearly, only at most, only four Premier League teams can still be in the EFL at the semi-final stage. The, and that's also another reason to keep an eye on EFL this week, because clearly if some Prem, Prem teams go out, it increases the chance of less teams being in the semi-finals. Um, and obviously some Prem teams will get knocked out of round four. So I, you know, I haven't been worked through the maths of it, but I imagine that there'll be a handful of games slot in there. So game week, double, double game week 21 is very likely to happen. So I'll stop there. I mean, Kev, is, is, is that inconsistent with your understanding of, of things? Buddy, I feel like you were just speaking Spanish there. I don't even know what you said. I, I All I heard is that for sure Man City double once. Maybe they double. In game week 23. For yeah. sure Arsenal double. Yeah. For sure Chelsea double and for sure Fulham double. Then there's a bunch of maybes and what ifs. Fulham so Chelsea double in 19. And the Chelsea Fulham double is actually like pretty much right away where the Arsenal City double is like fucking years from now. It's in game week 23. So you can't you can't really one, plan for that two, one, really. Four, five, six game weeks away. There might even be a double game week before that nailed on double game week even happens. Yeah. I I, I mean the biggest Fulham unknown and is that they are more valuable than they normally are because you're probably gonna have at least two city, probably three city anyway. And Arsenal's fixtures aren't really that great until they double anyway. So Chelsea, Fulham, and City are who you would target. Is that fair? That's what I would take from that. But I think I think there's some it may be worthwhile doing a bit more analysis on double game week twenty one. Sure. Particularly once we know the EFL results this week. So for example, if City were to lose to Paul, which wouldn't be a major, major shock. City no. suddenly have a bit of extra time in game week 21 to get a game or extra game. My God. Imagine they had three doubles. I mean, it won't matter because you can have three anyway. Yeah, exactly. But it's, it's yeah. But I think the permutations will be narrowed down sure. a little bit further once the EFL happens this week. So I think it's worth, maybe don't do analysis yourself, but I guess there's other people out there that will do it for you. And that might be, a factor when you're when you're choosing your game week 17 teams it's something i will think about yeah i haven't done the math as i said at this stage the so, big dilemma is that you know we're potting now because you know you want to be listening to some stuff like this and planning a bit before fucking like christmas eve as you're gonna be going right into family stuff whatever your religion is or whatever you celebrate right you're most likely going to be going into yep. some busy period where you're just going to forget it all about this shit so you want to have some kind of plan in place but all these efl matches are going to go on um or league matches i should say and like you know might change slightly based on how the fa cup they're sorry how these how these ties if they were to create a double but we might not even know if that double would be announced until after the deadline anyway it would just give us like 
uh, sort of like a percentage thing. Oh, because this team beat this team, there's like a pretty good chance there could be a double there. So maybe a, it's like a tiebreaker if I want like Madison versus Kulu or something. I mean, so, from, from what, so I believe Arsenal Everton is the only game can definitely be played in game week 21. Right. I suspect they haven't announced it because they could play it at the, because the, there's there's three slots, there's two midweek slots in the, in which they could both go into because they're both out of the EFL, uh, out of the league, league, league Cup already. But also, of course, both could lose in the FA Cup. So they could also go in the weekend, depending on how that falls. So I think then like, more... but then you're like, okay, well, maybe that's a tiebreaker. I would go Patterson over Bueno as my fifth cheat D. But then you're like, but please fucking Arsenal. <laughs> yeah. West Ham away. Like, they're not good. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, that's the other point. From... I, I yeah. think the Premier League is going to prioritize those clubs that are in Europe because they're the ones that could create this crazy fit, you know. That the, could create the crazy fixture backlog because right. there's you know because the season's now so constrained there isn't much yeah. room for things to, to go to go wrong and not one to the bottom damn, not one i don't i hope it won't happen again but there are still a lot of train strikes in this country which yeah, is less insane. obvious to those that aren't in the uk and if it's the right if it's the wrong game or the right game depending on which, which depending on your perspective there is potential a train strike could create another fixture postponement. It's unlikely, right. but it's possible because there are yeah. lot of strikes. Okay. Okay. Um, so just put, yeah, bear, bear all that in mind. Um, so fixture difficulty. So I've done this um, and I've got a score of 14 to 19 and a half. The reason why I ended up with a half is um, I took into account when teams have got a double, I just took the average of the, of the two games. So bear Don't that I in explain mind. how you tally those numbers up? So the FPL website gives a rating for each match, dif difficulty rating of two, three, four, or five. So I'll look over the next six game weeks. So game weeks 17 through to 20, uh, how many How many is that? Uh, 22? Seven, game week 17 through to game week 22. So I'll look at the next six okay. game weeks. And I basically just simply just add up those numbers. And that's that's and the, that's the score. Take, that's uh, score. How do you uh, adjust for like the Chelsea Fulham double? I just added the two. So if, okay. if I think I think Fulham had both their games, uh, Leicester and Le Le Leicester and Chelsea games are both rated three. So I took the average of that, which happens to be three. So they, they okay. just got three for that for that week. So I didn't. I, I so and I, I will call out where those where those teams that are doubling uh, what 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 their ratings are. So okay. I guess two interesting things came out of this. The team with the best fixtures are Southampton with fourteen. Which mm. I thought was interesting, interesting because I can't think of any Southampton player I want, and perhaps we'll chat about that later, Kev. Um, West Ham have got 15, and it's worth bearing in mind the first game of their fixture is against Arsenal, which is rated, rated a four. So actually, West Ham suddenly get a really nice fixture run after their, after game week 17, so which I thought was quite interesting. I'd not really thought about either of those teams before I did this. Yeah. And the teams with the worst fixtures are Spurs at 19 and a half. Now, they do have the double in 20, which right. may or may not happen. But it goes to show they haven't got great fixtures anyway. Uh, Everton with 19. And so they're the teams with the worst two sets of fixtures. There's a lot of teams in that sort of middle category, which is yeah. why I haven't called those out. Um, so a few teams with 16 and a few teams with 18 points. And for completeness, those with doubles, the best, the team with the best score is Chelsea at 16 and a half. Uh, Fulham have 17 and Man City have 17 and a half. 
Although I don't think fixture di- di- difficulty for Man City is generally a factor in whether or not you choose their players. Right. Um, so that's fixture difficulty. And then clean sheet odds. So we've got a sort of a contrast here. We've got five teams who have 40 or above fixture clean sheet odds for this time round. So the team with the best clean sheet odds are Man United, 56% at home to Fulham, uh, Fulham Forest. Then Chelsea at 54% at home to Bournemouth. And then it's Arsenal, 48% at home to West Ham. I thought it was quite interesting. And then, as usual, you've got Man City and Liverpool on that list. Man City are also 48%, but they're away at Leeds. And Liverpool are 40% exactly, and they are away at Villa. So they're the teams, based on game week 17, have got the best clean sheet odds. Okay. Um, and I guess the Man U and Chelsea are the ones that really stand out, because I guess you kind of think Arsenal, Man City, Liverpool will be there or thereabouts most, most weeks. Um. I guess it's interesting Newcastle on there. Newcastle are still rated yeah. at 33. They're way at Leicester, but they're still rated at 33. And I do wonder if they've adjusted for the fact that I think Newcastle is a, you know, they're third in the league and they're playing well and have a good well, defence. Very good, yeah. So, captain. So, Haaland's away at Leeds and Meslier might not be, might, Meslier might not, might not be playing because apparently he's got tonsillitis or something. I mean, let's see how that plays through. Um, <laughs> But, I mean, everyone's going to go Haaland. I mean, Salah's at yeah. Villa and Kane's at Brentford. So, it's not... I mean, other seasons, seasons we might talk about them. Um, but, right. I, I guess, but I do have a question from the Wanderer. And I thought this might be a good, 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 good time to ask this, Kev. So, okay. as Haaland is a perma-captain, in principle, should we spread the cash amongst the rest and not have anyone else above 10 million? In brackets, unless but the budget allows you to upgrade at the end. So, his point right. being... Your, exactly. All your money's on Haaland. Do you do you need to have more premiums, or do you just try and get the team you want? And then if you've got if you've got some spare cash lot line line around, then get a De Bruyne or a Salah or a Kane or a Son. You know, one of those more expensive players. And, that, and that, that's kind of the question that he's asked. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to try to do a short, short and sweet answer to this. Is there's okay. that I could go on? I would say there's no need to have multiple premiums especially premium based on what he's saying i fully agree the caveat is there's so many good value midfielders that have emerged that once you put in holland then you pick all your like rashfords and shit that are dirt cheap then it's like i've got all this extra cash <laughs> so then you know getting a second premium really isn't that difficult and then you could even get a third premium if you get guys like Patterson and stuff in your team. So for me, I, I, um, and when we go through our teams later, I like what he's saying about not having too much money in premiums. Um, cause I feel like this template or whatever that's emerged is gone really light on like the third defender. So like, there's no trench, there's no Robertson, right? It's like Ben White's and shit like that. Like maybe Reese James is like your third premium, but like he's not on that Robo tier. So I feel like people have squeezed in a third premium at the at the detriment of like a a, a, a like a really good third defender. And to to his point, I don't think you need to do that. So yeah, I do think spreading the cash. You're not going to cap anyone by Hall except for Holland. You might as well recognize that. The only uh, person maybe you're going to cap instead of Holland is when Chelsea and Fulham double. Maybe you cap 
Mitrovich or Reese James or whoever it is. But beyond that, you're going to cap Holland every single week, right? Unless the congested fixtures, which I'm not sure if you mentioned, but like these game weeks that are coming up, they're all like boom, boom, boom. Maybe yep. Holland, we feel like, gets rested or something, but he didn't play World Cup. So, yeah, I don't, I think he spread, I think he spread the cash. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. I mean, well, I mean, Alvarez has also just won the World Cup, so may not be back straight away. And he's the obvious replacement for Holland anyway. So, actually, yeah. you, his competition, if you call it that, is. You know, is is you know, it's going to be fairly tired relative to him anyway. He's yeah, I mean, I'm... wasted right now, drunk <laughs> Alvarez party. Yeah, like, that Good. guy's not going to stop partying until, like, there's no way he's coming back for for the first game. Maybe even nah. the second game. Agreed. Um, um, the the only only other thing I'd say is because of because of this whole point. The the other thing is team value is less critical now. You know, you don't, yeah, you don't, you don't need a high team value to get a good team, and I think, um, which I think is helpful. So I think it means you can be a bit more aggressive with your transfers potentially, or, or sorry, worry less about valuing players, etc., than than we might have done in the past. But that's probably something that plays into the second half of the season, and and I, I still think you can pull out because of all the cheap players that Kev's mentioned, you can still get a good, plain fifteen team which you can use for the. You know your 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 bench boost at some point later in the season, and and there was a question in my mind coming back to this potential double game week twenty one. I'm pretty certain it'll happen. How big big it'll be is unknown. Part of me does wonder if you if we might even try and I might even try and play my bench boost then just to get it over and done with. If there, if there, if there's enough games and it falls right, but that's that's one to think about in the future. Um, so Kev, mm. I'm gonna ask you a question. I like it. Is this the cryptic question? <laughs> well, there is only one question. Well, there's only one. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. The cryptic Chris question. Yes. I see what you mean. I've asked other questions, but yeah, this is the the question, you know, the one that matters, the one that you need to get right. Do you, do I have an official track record here? I know it's not good. I mean, I've, I've, I've got official one, but I think you might have got like one or two right this season. I think I'm two or three. I think I'm two or three. I mean, you, I mean, you're scraping the barrel with, with three, but okay. Um, so, I, I found this quite interesting. I was just looking at it myself. So, the FPL website uh, mm. gives different ratings around threat, influence, and oh my God. creativity. You're not going to ask me who like the highest fucking ICT rating player is, are you? I'm going to ask you which player's got the most... Which player, and I want a defender, midfielder, and forward. So, who is top defender, midfielder, and forward with the most threat? And let me just... I'm just get the website back up, and I'll give you the definition. I think it's basically goal threat, but let me give you the official definition. So, so you can't tell me I was, I, uh, I uh, confused you with the question. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Threats. I'll... I think I've looked because I've looked at all these, like if they'd be helpful or not. I, I think threat is like basically kind of like XG. Yeah. You sort of know when I I had it to hand, and then you. And you start recording the pod, and then you can't find anything you've yeah, been yeah. looking for. Yeah, I mean exactly that position. Oh, hey, I've got it. Um, so threat is right. <clears throat> so it produces a value that examines a player's threat on goal. It therefore gouges those ind individuals most like like to score goals. Yeah, I think it's like basically XG, right? Basically okay. XG. So you've got a defender, midfielder, and a forward. I'll let, let you have a bit of a think about it. We can do a bit more than more than oh, the pod and come okay. back to it if you want. 
so sure, yeah. ponder this while we well so i'll throw it in either at the end or somewhere in the middle i'm, I'm not quite sure we'll let's see where the let's see where where this takes us so i'm gonna throw another question at you <laughs> not the cryptic quiz question but just because you you mentioned it i think it's it sort of links so we had seven questions from sandy radford so thank you sandy um if i don't say who this question is from it's from sandy so anyway this one is from sandy and just assume every other question i ask is from him as well so um who are your preferred defenders beyond trippier and cancelo and i thought that was worth bringing up just because you mentioned a lot of people are going a bit cheap on their on their third defender right yeah so i think it's reese james is probably the main one because he's got the double and if he's back fit he was he was already quite attacking my only worry with him was uh he got injured versus monaco and i know it's a long time ago but if you recall they played monaco so potter came in he played one match i think it was wolves right and reese james looked okay and then he played against monaco and scored and then they played a game in between the next Monaco game and Reese James didn't start. Like none of the starters started though. It was like Champions League, uh, FPL match and Reese James was benched, but like Sterling was benched, like everyone was benched. And then Monaco match and then that's when he got hurt. And I think Fofana got hurt like the game before and they've both basically been out since then. So I think Reese James is going to be popular. I mean, Ben White is either your fourth or fifth D, but I think he'll be in teams. And quite frankly, you could just play Ben White, you know, although the fixtures aren't great. And then everybody seems to be uh, having their jaw drop onto the floor for a, a Manchester United defender, right? Like Dalit or Shaw or whoever. So, or Dallow, Dalit, I don't know. But anyway, uh, same thing, under 5 million. They're keeping a ton of clean sheets right now. So uh, Robertson and Trent, I mean, they haven't been keeping clean sheets, right? It's if 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 Liverpool were keeping clean sheets, they'd be the first defender in all our teams. Nobody would have dropped Trent; he'd still be in all our teams. That's the reality. So, there's a potentially big opportunity to to gamble on one of those guys and just hope that they found their fucking defensive form and their midfield sorted themselves out, right? Because no one's going to start with them. But then on the flip side. You don't really need to take that risk to be there a week or two earlier than everyone else. If Trent breaks out and Liverpool keeps keep keeping clean sheets, everyone's just going to flock to him. So do you need to start uh, ahead of everyone else by by starting with a Trent or a Robertson? It's it just I think it comes down to what we were saying earlier. Like, what's your team value? Where are you? What's your formation? And I like balance. So what I mean by that is I like having a bit more money on D a bit of money in, in mid in like one player, two players and, a, and money in forward and one player, two players, because the challenge that can arise is let's say we start with all these cheap defenders like Fofana, Dallow, uh, Reese James, I would say is like cheaper for like a premium, uh, Ben White. Uh, maybe you're going like real cheap with Patterson or Bueno as your fifth D. The challenge is if Trent breaks out, how do you now get him? Right. If you don't start with Trent or Robertson, and they end up going on this hot streak. How do you get to him? I've found that when we've had wild cards before, people tend to start with Trent or or they're scared to sell Trent because they're they're always saying like it's really hard to get him into your team if you don't have him. Like selling him's really easy because you can move him to anyone, but getting like two, three million back in like needed to upgrade a defender to get a player like Trent is, is tough. 
right? Like you're like, who are you going to take that money from? Right. So it's, that's, that's the challenge I think. Uh, but yeah, I, I think the, the names I just named are kind of like the most popular D I don't see too many other D not on that list. No, I, I'd agree with that. I mean, I like the idea of Robertson, but I've probably gone off it a little bit. Coming coming back to your point of, <clears throat> do I really, really really need need to spend the money there when their defense hasn't been that good? And I just think James is just a slightly, if he's fit, is a better option, and he's a little bit cheaper as well. Um, but I mean, it'll be, I mean, if if Liverpool end up with a double at some point, I think we'll all be considering very hard getting Trent or Robbo back in. So I think it's yeah. good good advice. <clears throat> what is your route to get him in? Um, the only other defender I've got, and he's partly in my team because I got him when he was 4.4 million, is Castagne and Leicester. Right. He, for me, right. was the most... He's he on my was list super Sorry. attacking. He's 4.7 yeah. now, which makes him a slightly less attractive. But as I say, I'm I'm almost certain he will be in my team because I got him at 4.4. So it's I'm in a slightly different ball game in the sense of, you know, of, of the price yeah. rate, the price I got him at. I think the other two teams people might look at are spurs um because they're gonna have a double it's just which wing back do you go for parasic or sessignon or doherty or like you know what i mean maybe it's emerson he seems to be the most nailed albeit the least attacking of those fullbacks or wingbacks and then you've got uh west ham with those fixtures that you mentioned and they're not that expensive it's just like, really, are you going to go with one of them over like a Man U player that everyone else is going to have? They're not very expensive, and they seem to be really good defensively all of a sudden now that they've got uh, Casemiro in the squad or over like Ben White. Like Ben White has to be like the top pick for all those under 5 million guys. He has to be. Um, And then, or like a Castagna. Like he basically would be going as a differential for a West Ham D. Agree. It, it's yeah. Agree with that. Okay. I think that's a good, good answer to that. Thank you very much. So I'll jump to our first game, which is actually the first game of the game week. So Brentford versus Spurs. So I'll start with what I can work out from the team news, and actually it's also explain kind of how reliable the FPL website is at the moment. So from Brentford, the mo the big news is Tony has a gambling ban ban hanging over his head. So be very cautious of him. Although I don't think anyone's getting Tony in, particularly not. Complete but... avoid. Complete avoid because of this. Don't 100%. don't cautious. Don't get yeah. him. <laughs> yeah, because that hasn't been announced, but he's got to get one. Um, worth bearing in mind that Loris and uh, Romero, so France keeper yeah. and Argentinian centre back, will be late back for the World Cups so and may not be available for this for this for this game. Anyone looking at them? Um, I understand Sessegnon. So Sessegnon is flagged on the game. He's not appeared in any friendlies so far. Right. He's also on three yellow cards, which and the yellow cards count for the first 19 matches of the season. So most teams have played 15, I think. Yeah. Maybe some have played 14 because of the there, there was a whole game week cancelled. So most teams have got four or five games left to play. So although so even those on three yellow cards could clearly get a ban before game week 19 once you once you get to once you once their team has played 19 matches then you need to get to 10 yellow yellow cards to start getting banned um and this is where i was saying that what the website's not up to date in my mind carlison is not flagged but i'm pretty certain it was reported that carlison is out for a month but maybe because it's not official yeah. he's not flagged on the website and therefore all the team news i give to you is best i can work out from the website and 
reading about, but there may be other things go going on that I'm not aware about. And the other thing to mention here is Kane is on four yellow cards, which I think is really important to point out for people because um, clearly, even if that game week double game double game week twenty goes ahead and you have Kane, if he gets booked in that first match. I think he would then miss the second match because I think the, that first game would, would be Tottenham's 19th game of the season. So he could definitely miss right. the second match in the double. So there's your risk. Uh, I'm going to call out here that I have a differential on in in this match and that would be Kulu, £8 million, 4.7% owned. Um, partly because Ricardison's out and partly because I think he seems to be the guy that is the creative hub of that team and they looked a lot better when he was playing. So... That was everything I wanted to say about that. I mean, I guess, Kev, I mean, we can ignore Brentford. I'm assuming no one's buying getting Brentford players in. But from the Spurs' perspective, uh, would you get Kane? I know you, you are you worried about the penalty miss in the World Cup and the impact that might have on his, his playing? Penalty? I'm not worried one bit about him missing the penalty. You don't think he'll... Wait, what are you worried about? Just a lack of, lack of confidence. It will still be on penalties. There's no doubt about that. Nah, but just, dude, just, just the impact him, of he'd push, he'd push like his best friend down a flight of stairs to claim a goal. <laughs> Do you remember when he's going for the boot the other year? And he's like, that was mine. That was my goal. He like went and had it changed after that one game. Yeah. 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 I, I like, he's not. I think he actually, you could tell he's walking off the pitch. He was upset, obviously, for the England uh, knockout game. But like I don't know, he's he seems pretty mature to me. Like I think he's been like primed to be a leader for a while. I don't think it'll you know knock knock his confidence. Plus they've got a really good coach with Conte, and like they're actually in the mix for top four this year. Like they, you know they got a pretty good team too now that Kulu's fit and when Richarlison's back. So I think he'll be fine. My and and the the here's here's what I'd say about the four yellow cards. It's it's a different risk to me than Mitrovic's four yellow cards because Kane's so expensive. I'd rather start with Kane. And then if he gets a fourth yellow, fuck him off to like Mitrovic for his double or someone cheaper than him. Right. Where it's a similar to the example I was saying about Trent earlier. It's hard to get up to Kane. So I don't mind starting with Kane. I mean, I might not start with them. I'm, I, I, it sounds to me like the three forwards everyone are going to start with are, are like Holland, Darwin, Mitrovic, Kane. Three of those four. I think, you know, maybe there's like a people like forget that he gets injured every two two weeks, like Martial's and a few like shouts and stuff. Like, you know, there's going to be the odd punt, but like three of those four are what we're all seem to be picking from. Uh, right now I'm on Kane, Darwin, and Holland, right? Could it be Mitrovic? Yeah, I could see myself maybe having like Mitrovic instead of Darwin or Kane uh, as as it comes close, you know, based on how these League Cup games go, just because his double's so soon. But my thought was sort of like, start with Kane. You know, I could switch Kane or Darwin down to Mitrovic right before his double. That would free up a shitload of money to like bring in some other hot doubler from Chelsea or something. I don't know. But for now, I'm on Kane, Darwin, and Holland, and I'm not worried about Kane at all. So, so one of Sandy's questions was, is Kane, Harlan, Mitro a no-brainer for strikers, or should I be considering losing one for Darwin? I think you've answered that by the, your, by your attacking <laughs> choice. Um, I, I've actually got a slightly different route to you. So my, my current for, forward line is Harland, mm -hmm. Darwin, 
mm-hmm. and Wilson. Okay, um, that's interesting. So I like, so I, I like Newcastle's form. I'm actually going Wilson over Almir one at the moment. Um, okay, and that's partly because I see that um, <clears throat> Sir Maximum's back, yeah. and and I and obviously Wilson's on penalties, and I like the fact he's on the penalties, and I think that's that's helpful. Um, the other thing about Wilson is I can flip him to Mitrovic in game week 19 if I if I start thinking actually perhaps Mitrovic isn't going to get banned. I mean, Mitrovic getting yeah. booked in game week 17 is a perfect scenario for me then because it means he misses 18 oh, and I can yeah. get him back in with a bit of confidence that will definitely play the double. So that that's kind of where my head is now. It might change. So I would. So I guess my point is, so I think an, answer the question, is Kane, Harlan, Mitrovic a no-brainer? No, because I think Darwin and I personally think Wilson, in addition, is another another valid option up front. Right. Um, but while we're talking about uh, Fulham, let's talk about Palace versus Fulham, which happens to be the next game on my list. So sure. a bit of team news first. So Guy he is going to miss game week 17, so he's got a ban. Um, Ferguson, who is a three... Nathan Ferg- Ferguson's a 3.9 million... Uh, Palace defender. He's getting back to fitness, but I don't think he's played yet in any any of the friendlies. Uh, but just worth. I mean, there's probably some better three point nines around. I think Bueno's still a really good option, but just we'll put on people's radars. And on the yellow card front, Zahar and Edward both have three yellow cards. I, mean, I don't think anyone's going on Zahar at the moment, but Kev will give a view in a second. Mitrovic has four yellows, which everyone knows about. And Kev just mentioned, and Andreas, who's incredibly popular, and I think will be in every single team or most teams anyway, because he's a he's a nice enabler and he's the guy to play in game week 19. He's on three yellow cards. So if he does get booked in 17 or 18, he does have a risk of missing uh, the double. Or one of the games in the double, I should say. Okay. So Kev, over to you. Thoughts on Palace versus um, Palace and Fulham players we haven't talked about already? Uh, Palace probably complete a void. Fixtures aren't that great. And, you know, there's... Uh, just I don't see many people spending any money on anyone. Uh, I don't think, right? Like I think a lot of people had Zaha because he had a good fixture run before, and are like probably pretty happy to be getting rid of him. Yeah, uh, he's he's the type of player where like I don't know when he's in your team, he'll get like a goal, an assist, a goal, and you're like, this guy's not doing enough. <laughs> and if he's not your team and he got a goal, assist, a goal, you're like, man, this guy's returning every game. I don't know, just like. When he's in your team, you just always think he's going to do more than he does, even if he does sort of okay, which is what just happened, I think. Uh, the, the main thing, though, is uh, with Andreas is that the only other fifth cheap mid that was in the mix was that Somerville guy from Leeds, but he's injured, right? Yep. yep. So it kind of like gets rid of that. And just means Andreas's ownership is going to be even higher. The only way I could see people not doing that is if they went with five mids. You're just gonna have a crazy benching headache because I think three forwards are probably pretty much locked in. There's not really a good cheap enabling forward except for Greenwood, also from Leeds, and it's just I don't know. Like I don't, I could see him easily just not playing. Where Andreas is like nailed. He's second on the penalties chart, it seems. I mean, Harry Wilson really hasn't had any sort of like decent um run of 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 minutes since he returned from injury and of course he just played for Wales so that could be interesting if maybe like I sort of was thinking might happen before if he were to come in but when him William Andreas and Mitrovic were all playing Andreas didn't seem to 
sort of get knocked off corners or any or, or kicks or anything like that. So I don't know if that's a Harry Wilson not at fitness or if Andreas is just the guy that takes all those set piece duties now and Harry Wilson's just not in there anymore, even though he's like the main guy in the championship the year before for like the whole league. <laughs> that's why it's a bit surprising to me. So I guess something to monitor, but he's he's like fucking 4.6. Like he's just free. So he's just such an easy shout for your fifth midfielder. And then Mitrovic is just, yeah, he's, it's a tough choice on forwards, right? And he's in that mix of tough choices and he's got the double coming up. And my question would be, you start with anyone but Mitrovic and come game week 19, that doubles there and he's still on four yellows. My question is like, you're, you're going to go switch to Mitrovic, right? Like you're not going to go into that double game week, not owning them. Is that not right? I guess that's a statement. No, I, th I think that's right, which is why. But... Do you, so do you bank in a transfer or do you gamble on just starting with them and hoping he doesn't get a yellow? And even if he did get a yellow this week, you just hold them. You wouldn't even sell them. Yeah, so the, 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 the scenario you're avoiding is the yellow card in game week 18, isn't it? The if you got a yellow in 18, then yeah, you'd be like, I might as well sell him because you're going to miss one yeah. of his double game weeks and like i don't even know which of the two games would be first but lester away is not ideal and chelsea at home shit too like it's not a great double but if he doesn't get a yellow he plays 90 every minute and guess what he's been fixture proof all season braced first liverpool and scored against pretty much every top club he's played so the fixtures not being ideal aren't even that big a deal like the fact he hasn't doubled he's just like a great double game week player yeah i, I think my, my my point is more that um, if he gets booked in 18 and I start with Wilson, I go, okay, I'd have to bother getting Mitrovic now. The one, yeah, the one benefit, but at the cost of a transfer, 95% you're, 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 you're like writing one of your transfers off. But the, the helpful thing is, um, Wilson has got a good game in 17 and 18, but it's a poor game in 19. I, I think he's playing Arsenal that week. Yeah. I mean, hopefully he doesn't score then, obviously. Yeah. This um, week he has Leicester away, dude, and they've like allowed like one goal in their last five games at home. <laughs> That's not a good fixture. We'll see. He's basically we'll see. got leads at home in 18. I mean, that's a lovely really fixture. I mean, that's really a lovely good. fixture, isn't it? I mean, I do really like him for that, which is yeah. So I end of the day, if I've got a decent bench, which I mean, we've all gonna have decent bit defenders. Yeah. I I, I'm I'm fairly happy that I can use a transfer in 19 and 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 have a bit yeah. of go with that. Well, but Darwin Darwin has Villa away, Leicester at home. Those the next two, and Kane has Brentford away, Villa at home, which is pretty good. So it's not like any of the forwards that we're picking between have bad fixtures, but Mitrovic has that double. Yeah. So I might have to kind of rethink and maybe work him in but like as we'll talk about i'm sure later just i just look at like well, where do i spend that money i bring in like de bruyne blah 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 and then it's like i've got such good value in mids it feels like criminal to just spend like five million more on a player that has like about the same points <laughs> so anyway so, we can talk about that. i'm taking aston villa versus liverpool now then so um i'll start with aston villa so Coutinho is flagged and he's not played in the friendly so far. So I guess that means Buendia will probably play or something. Bailey has been playing up top. He's 4.5. So he's the other guy that you could consider as an alternative Andreas. 
the caveat to that, he's on four yellow cards himself. Um, <laughs> Cash is also on three yellow cards. But I could see Bailey being popular post-game week 19 once Andreas has done his double. So, I mean, that's that's looking at a little bit further ahead. Uh, and I guess Martinez might not be in goal for Villa this first match, um, given he's 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 definitely drunk. <laughs> we can he's be certain of that. Right? Well, um, he might not even get out of Qatar. <laughs> <laughs> I could see him like genuinely just getting arrested. <laughs> um, so that's 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 Liverpool uh, the Villa news, and then Liverpool news. I'm sure everyone knows that Jota and Louis uh, David um, David Luiz, um, Luis Diaz. Uh, are both uh, are both injured, and that yeah. is why Darwin has become very prominent for everyone because everyone knows that Darwin is going to play now. So, a question we had but, from um, but Luis Diaz's injuries like three months added on, like significant th- yeah. setback. Unfortunately, yeah, it's is really it's even more annoying when in both your drafts you've got him in, sat him on your bench, yeah, you picked him up on weeks. like the week before the World Cup. <laughs> it's not like you drafted him. And I draft. I bought him in in about game week because people dropped him when he got injured. Yeah. And I bought him in like game week thirteen or fourteen in both my draft leagues, thinking I'll hold him for a few weeks in like a dead spot on my bench, and then I'll yeah. I'll look a genius when in game week seventeen I can roll him out. But no, I'm gonna have to get rid of him now, aren't I? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, so a question we had from. Uh, our good friend uh, John, better known as Geek, is oh. is the Salad Darwin double up too much Liverpool attack? <laughs> so I, I'll so I, it's an interesting question because hmm. I do have a draft that I do like that has Salah and Darwin in it, and I'm quite tempted by it. Uh, I do like it because because you know coming back, it's a bit like your point before, Kev. No one's really got Robertson and. Trent because not be keeping clean sheets and Liverpool haven't been firing. Similarly, most people don't have Salah and Darwin for that reason. Although yeah. I'm also conscious that Salah is still very popular because of his history over the last four or five seasons. So I, I guess my view is I think it isn't too much, and I think it's I, I think it's a valid play. But I'm re- really interested in, in your thoughts on on that, Kev. I don't want to say it's too much because like they've got pretty much the best xg out of any team in the league i think like maybe not city um i just think it's a lot of money and two players that like you're not going to captain uh again there's such good value in mids and i also think that their fixtures are a little deceiving like they don't double right villa away they've got emery in and they look really good lately i mean it's still villa it's still a good fixture but I could see them being a bit better with Emery there, as they did look better just before the break. Then you've got Leicester at home. Leicester have been a lot better defensively lately. Like they just have. This isn't like sack Rogers. How is this guy not sacked? Like all of a sudden they look decent. Uh, Ward is like ten points off the keeper lead. Uh, lead, yeah, lead, right? So like they've just been good defensively lately. And then Brentford away. That's not like the best fixture. Then it's Brighton away. That's a tough fixture. Then it's Chelsea. So I, it's not. I'm not looking at Liverpool like, yeah, I want to double up on their on, on some expensive players for Liverpool because they've got this amazing fixture run. I, I don't think it's amazing. I think it's average, maybe slightly below average as far as fixture runs go. Um, and to me, it's just like the biggest challenge with any midfielder, uh, and similar, I guess, with Darwin 
to to a lesser degree is just the opportunity cost if you pick someone that's someone that you're not picking like you're not going to go for rashford you're not going to go for um kulu you're not going to go for de bruyne you're not going to go for Foden. you're not going to go for Saki. you're not going to go for martinelli you're not going to go for Odegaard, you're not going to go for like fucking six more players. Trossard's right up near the top. And I go for Almiron. Like there's so many good players right now. I know there's a, a quote unquote template that I'm sure like one guy that other content creators think is like the guy to follow. They'll make their template look like his. And then that's now the template or whatever. But like there's going to be players that you just can't have because you know, you're probably going to pick four midfielders, which means you're going to leave like four really good players on the table. So again, you're going to pick Mo and not have a Robertson. It's like, you're saying, I guess it's just like, how do, how do I put it? Like you're deciding to, to, to overspend in midfield versus having a third premium defender even though we know that you need to have three defenders out there no matter what, right? Like, like you don't really need Mo over Trossard or something. Like, and like to say that out loud, it's like, what the fuck? Of course, Mo's better than Trossard. Yeah, he is. But like, they're pretty much tied in points. <laughs> and Trossard's playing out of position, center forward on a really attacking team right now, but nobody gives a shit about him, right? So you're going to spend like 5 million more on Mo. Like that, you're not gonna captain Mo. It's just an example, Trossard, right? It doesn't have to be Trossard. It could be Kulisevsky that who has a double coming up or something like that, right? It's just, I guess, I don't. Uh, I would to answer John's question. No, I don't think it's too much, but there's an opportunity cost. Like, what are you not getting because you're doing that? Um, you know, who I I, I kind of want to look at like how can my team be very flexible because there doesn't seem to be a clear path of who we need to pick right now. And like who has really good fixture runs or doubles that I can exploit a little bit. That's kind of what I'm going to build my team around. Like Holland's obviously a must, Trippier's a must, you know. But those like the fourth and uh, third, fourth midfielder spots, the the third defender spot and the third forward spot, like it's going to define your rank over the next five weeks or so. Yeah, I, I guess the, the other thing to say is if you have the thing about Salah is obviously he didn't go to the World Cup. Yeah, he's fully as you right. Say, as you've got, you got three. So Liverpool have got three games in eight days. It's kind of what you were touching on before. Game week 17, 18, 19 coming thick and fast. And even though there's then what a two week gap to game week 20, we are playing the FA Cup third round in between the two. Um, so I think. And Mo will play in all those games. Mo's, Mo's, Mo's really played all point. those games because of the injuries we've mentioned. Plus, he's really rested. That gives him a slight advantage. The other thing about the other side about getting Mo in, which is not the coming back to the attacking part of it, is if you have Mo in your team and you go, I want to attack these first three fixtures with Mo, I can then see the way, then I can see if they get a double in 21. So, I mean, one thing to bear in mind is if Liverpool lose to Man City on this Thursday, they will not be in the EFL Cup semi final. Which means they've got right. a great chance they will double in 21. That doubling game would either be Wolves at home, which would make it very attractive. It'd be Wolves at home and Chelsea at home, or they could also play Chelsea away, which is the other game they've got to rearrange. They're going to end up with right. Chelsea at home and Chelsea. The the other thing is, and it's just coming to my mind because game week 21 is a it, because 21 has got actually two slots or well, three slots for matches. If you're not in the e, 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 EFL Cup semi. 
there's, there's two midweeks there. You could end up with a triple in 21. I mean, <laughs> that, I mean, that's just be, which is possible for some of these top teams. So that could, I mean, I don't think that's the reason to get Salah, by the way. The, the other point is, I guess, if you've got a lot of money in Salah and you move him on after three game weeks, which is kind of what I was saying, you'll know what's happening with 21 then. And you go, oh yeah, Liverpool haven't got a double for whatever reason. You might then go, oh, hang on a second. What I will do is I can use that Salah money and move it somewhere else and then buy a bigger play. You know, I can get Kane back if I've not got Kane ready for game week 20. So in my scenario, why I don't have I don't have Kane, I could downgrade Salah and get Kane for one one of my forwards. So there's there's, there's different ways of playing it. And and I guess Darwin doesn't isn't too far off Kane, is he price wise? So he's over, he's almost three million. Oh, is it three? Okay. Almost. Oh, okay. That is that is probably big, bigger than I thought then. Um, so, Leicester versus Newcastle. Because we talked a bit about the goalkeepers, and I've got a question here on that. So, um, fullback-wise, Justin's out for the season, which, which I think we knew before we went to the World Cup. And Ricardo, who's always injured, is out till February, so that's probably not a surprise. Right. And from a Newcastle perspective, I've already mentioned St. Maximum is, is fit and he has been playing in some friendlies for Newcastle. I think he played in one the day or two before. Isaac is still flagged on the game. And from what I've read, he's likely going to be missing the sort of the festive period. So sort of 17, 18, 19. And in terms of our yellow card count, Shah is on four and our good friend Trippier is on three yellow cards. But I think that's kind of irrelevant because everyone's going to have Trippier. So if he gets a ban, he gets a ban. We're yeah. all in the same boat. So the question we have um, is, is Iverson and Ward as goalkeepers a gamble worth taking? Um, I was opposed to it, and I'm open to it now. I was opposed to it because Newcastle have been so good. Pope's been absolutely unreal. Uh, and I guess fundamentally... I just sort of believe in Newcastle's defense more where Leicester, because they started so shit, I don't have as much faith in them, uh, the way they play and whatnot. And also just the world, uh, like Ward was just really in kind of really good form after being in really shit form. And then they've gone to Wales where he didn't start. And then they just sort of kind of got lit up there, you know, like it wasn't a great, like, I'm Canadian. We fucking had a shit World Cup. It was terrible. <laughs> yeah, I'm happy we're there and it was great and all that stuff. And you know, we're co-hosts of the next one, so we'll be there. But like, it was it was a similar story for for Wales, right? Like, it was this really lovely story that they made it, and then it was just like you know, get fucking lit up like Canada did, right? So it's just sort of like ah shit. So I my point is more: will that break? Fuck with Ward's momentum then you're kind of like stuck with them. They're dirt cheap, which is good. Um, but also, you know, you just, if, if it goes poorly, you're stuck with them, but they don't have the worst fixtures. Like they got Liverpool away second game back, but they've got like Newcastle at home, which is not easy, but it's not terrible because they're at home. And then you got Fulham and Forest and Brighton and Villa after that, no doubles, uh, but you're freeing up like, you know, 0.7.8 over a Pope. And I guess the other keeper that is popular is uh, Kepa for Chelsea. So do you want a double game week keeper that's like about <clears throat> just slightly more than Ward, 
or do you just want to free up as much money as possible? And and I think it's fairly popular to free up as much money as po possible with keepers because the 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 like variance in the the points and keepers at the end of the season isn't that much, is it? Um, where like even right now, Pope and Ward are only ten points away from each other. It's just what I find happens is these these keepers have like big huge games versus teams you wouldn't start them for. But if you're starting with both Leicester keepers and say that game is Liverpool away and he has a blinder, then I guess you will get those points. So, yeah, it's viable uh, just to free up as much money as as you can. I just I think deep down I just really like Pope a lot more, but I need to sit down and think about it longer. What about you? Yeah, I don't. I don't. I guess coming back to the, what we were chatting about before in terms of money. I think there's less need to create money now than there ever has been because of all the cheaper neighbours and mid midfield. The fact we got the permit captain Harlem, which we talked about, and the fact that we're not desperate to get all these premium defenders in at the moment. And for the sake of what, as you say, 0.6 million between Iverson and a Kepa, is it really worth 0.6 million? Do you, right. How we can use that 0.6 million elsewhere is kind of the question I, I, I kind of come back to. And I think you're right. I think you might be looking at some of those doubling games that come up and go, oh, I really wish I had a doubling goalkeeper. Yeah. And, and we don't know exactly who's doubling one, 21. But, but of course, if you've only got a Leicester goalkeeper, you've got no, you know, you've got less of a chance that, you know, if Leicester don't double, then you're not going to get it. But if you had a Leicester keeper and a, a Newcastle goalkeeper, you've got sort of two bites of the cherry of getting a, a doubling keeper in 21. It's 0.4, not 0.6, which I know it's like, I'm not trying to nitpick, but like that's a oh, is it? four is not a huge is it? amount of money. How much For, is well, I guess I guess people started with Ward, so it's so no. I'm talking between Iverson because I assume... oh sorry sorry it's point six then sorry I thought you were talking about Ward. My bad. Yeah, I I presume that people will have if people have Kepa, they have Kepa and Ward because right. Ward is Good I mean point. Ward is almost a given. Everyone's gonna have everyone's gonna have Ward because for the. Point one or point two more than he is from the cheapest keepers in the game. You know he's playing, and therefore you yeah. do have an, a problem with your main keeper. You've got a fantastic backup. That's a really good point. My bad. That's right. Um, so I guess just just on Newcastle, I mean I mentioned it before. I mean Almir one is incredibly popular. Yep. I somehow muted my mic, um, but. Um, <laughs> So Almiron is not in my team at the moment. I'm not saying right. he won't. He definitely won't be in my team, but he's not in my team at the moment. And that's partly because I've got Wilson instead and partly because I think... Do I, I don't believe he's going to keep this form up and I think he's got more... And it's just because he's got at max and maximum, he's got a bit more competition for places. Interest, interesting your thoughts on, on Almiron. So for me... I hope his form doesn't keep up because I just got him. So I like, d like it would be easy for me to sell him because if he's 5.8, I'd get like 5.8 back or 5.7 back. So I almost hope his form doesn't continue so I can move him on. Cause I know if other people move him on, they, they take like a, a price hit because <laughs> they'd only get like 5.5 for him, you know? Because he's gone up so much in value. Good for them. They've been on it. They've benefited from the points. I kind of view it like that Jesse Lingard at West Ham situation the other year where it was just kind of like 
he can't keep this up, can he? Like, his underlying stats aren't great at all. He just seems to be fucking sneaking a goal and perfectly, like, one goal, one goal, one goal, one goal, like, every week. And then he gets all the bonus and all that shit, right? Because of just, like, how the gameplay happened to work out. Um, for me, I think I'm going to just start with him. Um, sort of like everyone else is going to start with him. I just don't want to get burned if he does keep it up uh after it already kind of hurting me and i hope that the run ends and there's lots of other good really good uh value mids that i could switch to but the the challenge is like isak is fit asm's fit wilson's fit uh if almiron hadn't gone on this hot streak i don't think he would be the starter i think it would be asm isak and wilson so he to me is like one maybe two shit games away from starting off the bench but then also all three of those fucking players are like super injury prone, man. <laughs> like ASM is like ridiculously injury prone. Kellen Wilson is ridiculously injury prone. Isaac's just had a big injury. I don't know how injury prone he is, but not a good sign. He's <laughs> just had a big fucking injury. So like, you know, he's probably Elmeron's chances of getting minutes are like pretty good. So, and he's really cheap. He's like, getting just like the highest scoring fucking player uh in the game after trippier and holland and kane so <laughs> i'm just gonna start with them yeah i i think starting with them is the safe move right but it's um, not like when you didn't start with mo at the beginning because it allowed you to spread money like you're basically losing money elsewhere not starting with them because he's so cheap i guess that the bigger challenge is like who it would be harder to move to someone but you know, yeah, it, and the price would drop pretty aggressively because people would be selling them if that happened. Yeah, agreed. Okay, no, that makes that makes sense. It's uh, it's. <clears throat> I think my conclusion is it's you know it's the template to keep him. But yeah, my definitely. my view is there was an option. There is an option without Almir on, but I appreciate most people might not go down that route. I do. The only thing I'd add is he's thirty six percent owned. And that's probably pretty active manager percentage owned because I don't think he would have been highly owned at the beginning of the year. Yep. So that that's sort of like engaged managers own him. So if he did go on a cold streak and were to start being sold, like his price would probably drop. Like this wild card that's happening right now, anyone that didn't own him is probably bringing him in on the wild card because it's on a wild card. It's not going to shoot his price up. And then, the game will go live and then people that start to sell him, if that were to happen, it would be like, it would be like impacting his price as people sell him. So he could, he does have the chance to be cold and actually drop to quite a low price, which would hurt team value. Something to consider. But, 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 but the flip side of that from someone that like me, who looks like he's not, not going to start with him. If he does fire, it could really hurt my rank. But I mean, as you know, I don't. I don't look that much into. I don't let EO rule my life. Effective ownership yeah, rule my same. life anyway. So I do what I what I think is right rather than what is necessarily the safe move. Yeah. Um, a quick game then. Everton versus Wolves. So injury news. Calvert Lewin's injured. <laughs> surprise, surprise. And Pickford is on three yellow cards. That's the only thing I had to say about injuries. Oh no, sorry. Um, and the Wolves. Um, striker Kalachik, who's barely played. Apparently, he's back for the first of Jan. But if you ever remember, well, Jimenez is back, and Jimenez is back. Yeah. Um, 
and it's worth bearing in mind that Lopetegui is going to be, <laughs> that's probably pronounced very badly, but Wolves is new manager. This whole fucking stretch by of Wolves. This is his <laughs> first proper game for Wolves. Okay. So, so he, this is his first, so this will be his first ever game in the Premier League. Um, I mean, my yeah. view is people, the only players of interest here are the chief defenders. So, Jeez, Patterson yeah. at 4.0 and Bueno at 3.9 for Wolves. I mean, I think both are really good. I, I mean, there's, there, there, there is a world where you go Patterson and Bueno and then have like James, your third, mid, third defender or something, and have sure. those your two cheapies if you, want, if you fancied it. And, yeah, and I think, with Everton the Wolves. Sorry, go for it. I guess like will one end up doubling? Probably be the tiebreaker. Neither have amazing fixtures. You're hoping neither of these guys ever play for you. Patterson looked decent before his injury, but did get injured. I don't really fully know the scenario at Wolves. Like, is Bueno for sure nailed? I feel I, like I, Patter Patterson is. I just don't know about Bueno. Like, if certain players came back or if certain players perform, would he easily lose a spot? Like, I don't really know. Well, I, from what I so what I've seen of him, he looks fantastic. He looks by far oh, the okay. best left back player. He's been star star for them. However. They okay. have a new man manager whose name is really hard to pronounce, apparently. And um, <laughs> who knows what he's going to do. So, <laughs> and, and I guess the point there is he will he might look at different players, right? So I think yeah. that so that so that might be my tiebreaker if I went between the two, ignoring the point one million, assuming money isn't that yeah. tight, that Patterson might be might be a better choice because of the unknownness. But Bueno has had incredible reviews. And I saw I saw him play against us and he was fantastic. And I've seen him in Seen him a couple of other games, and I've been like really, really impressed by him. He looks okay. absolute quality. Um, but I guess there was always a danger, you know, he might have just been on form for those matches he's played. Um, but yeah, he's he's definitely looking good. Um, so do uh, let's do our sixth game, and then then we'll then I'll put you out your misery on the question of the week, Kev. Um, so oh another easiest it? game, Southampton versus Brighton. So I guess uh, things to call out here. Salasu is on four yellow cards for Southampton. Nathan Jones is the new manager at Southampton. He's that he joined from Luton. Okay. I don't think he's managed a game yet, so I think this is his first game. Apologies if that's wrong. Uh, and McAllister is going to be back late for the World Cup. I imagine he's also on four yellow cards. I okay. think he was on penalties at some point or something. So maybe that was an interest to people. Yeah, he uh, was. So you talked a lot about Trussell already. Um, as I yeah. mentioned at the start, Southampton have got the best fixtures, but what players would you choose? I mean, I was getting the team up and I just, I think the answer is no one, but. <laughs> no. I mean, like James Ward-Prowse would be the only one that would stand out to me. Like, I think he's on waivers and in, in draft and I still don't even want him. <laughs> like with these fixtures, I just. You know, like, I don't know. Something would have to impress. I don't know. I, um, maybe this manager, like, do you know, he, I haven't done any homework on him. Like, do you know what kind of formation? Like, would could some wingbacks emerge? I always like when a, whenever a wingback manager comes in, that, that usually gets me happy because, you know, sometimes it makes a defender, like an out-of-position attacker, depending on who they're playing. Uh, no idea. I have no yeah, idea. Exactly. But but what price is interesting, though, because... Yeah. Because he's interesting because, as I said, the, so when I say the fixtures are good, they got Brighton at home, yeah, Fulham away, mm -hmm. Forest at home, great, Everton away, Villa at home, Brentford away, Wolves at home. 
Yeah. And the game they need to rearrange is Brentford at home. So imagine if their double was Aston Villa at home, Brentford at home. There could be some unbelievable games there for them. Because um, that's, that's the thing to notice is the game week that was cancelled, the reverse fixtures game week 22. So if anyone doubles, if they're playing a weak team in 22, that's the likely double they'll get in 21. Right. Which I think is quite interesting. So that's why they'd have Brentford back to back, and Brentford's defence has been a bit shaky. So looking at that, you go, hang on a second. And James Ward-Prowse this season, yeah, has only scored one goal. Yeah. But last season he got ten. The year before eight, then five and seven. So it's a guy that scores. And to be fair, the year he got seven, he only played one thousand nine hundred forty minutes. So he's obviously injured. So the last three seasons he got ten, eight, and five. So that's an average of uh, what just just under eight goals a season. So he's almost halfway through the season. He's only got one. It suggests he's got five, six, seven goals left in him at least. So, and a bit of a new man manager bounce. He's an interesting differential. Perhaps I should get him instead of Almiron. Nathan Jones predominantly uses a back three formation. So, sounds like there will be wing backs. The I, one, I three, five, two, or one, five, three, two. <laughs> I guess the challenge there is Walker Peters is sounds like is it I mean Perot, Perot, that defender, he kept he scored goals at the back end of that. He kept popping up. He had got a couple of goals in game week eleven and game week fifteen. So I think he must be one yeah, one of it, the wing backs. It's gotta be a wait and see. Watch Nathan Jones. Unfortunately, it means you won't own them for the Fulham game, which is the best game to own any player. Uh, but then it would be Forrest right after. So you're gonna have a, you're gonna get to see them play a, a difficult team in Brighton, and then uh, a really easy team in Fulham as far as like defensive defensive fixture rankings go for the mid tier mid table teams, right? Uh, or not top six teams, I should say. And then you got Forrest next, and you hopefully know what the double game week is by then. So it's just a wait and see. I mean, I based on this conversation, I have put. Ward Prowse on my maybe list for this for my wild card 17. Midfielder number 14 that we want. <laughs> um, anything more to say about Brighton, Kev, before we move on to the answer to the question of the week? I just don't think we recognize how attacking the manager is. Like they're a very attacking team now. They're not Potter's defensive team. And you know, they're putting up decent attacking numbers and they've got like wingbacks, which could potentially be attractive, and they've got Trossard playing out of position center forward. So I think there's there's like Trossard was a player a few weeks ago where I was like on the wild card, I should just get him in as a set and forget man. He fucking explodes every once in a while, and even when he doesn't, he puts up fairly regular returns, and he's an out of position midfielder that's playing center forward it's just so it's like all the ticks and yet i don't want them and <laughs> no one wants them it's weird it's bizarre it's because we're all like oh marcus rashford fucking crushed it at the world cup get this guy on my team please right like who's gonna pick trossard over rashford like barely anyone and his numbers are so much better than rashford's and they're around the same price right like it's just it's just funny how like you know you think everything's like every tick you would put on the paper would favor pretty much Trossard, but we won't pick them. It's funny. I don't know how, what to say there. It's like, maybe something will change. Maybe, maybe, you know, the fixtures aren't exactly like amazing either. So maybe that's it. 
Well, 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 when he's 10 million is at Chelsea next year, we'll we'll all get him in then, shall we? Yeah. Maybe. Um, so, question of the week. We're oh, looking boy. for the top threat for defender, midfielder, and forward. Threat. Can I start with forward? <laughs> yeah, go for it. Who do you think it is? Is it is it my main man, Earl? It is. Interestingly, <laughs> so his score was 9-2-9 on that. Okay. Kane is 9-10. So quite wow. close behind. And my <laughs> main man, Jesus, is 8-8-4, despite the fact he hasn't scored any goals. <laughs> and He's then, always an underperformer for XG-type stats, yeah, though. He has. Yeah, exactly. And I've talked about that before. Um, and then and then it drops, actually, quite significantly to 7-4-6 with Mitrovic. And then right. it drops again massively to Firmino of 6 4 So this is cumulative, because I think yeah. if Mitrovic hadn't missed bunch of games he'd probably be right there with them maybe even close to the top yeah because darwin's on 499 like yeah exactly darwin's on 499 he's not played that many games and i you think you're right if darwin plays a bit more he's gonna jump up that list so anyway so the cumulative thing may or may not be of any help to you here when you think about the other positions yeah. so anyway so that's a that's a third of a point so congratulations getting harland all right what's next what else have we got to talk about you got <laughs> no, no, no. They have to admit mid midfielder. I'm fucking with you. Oh, okay. Oh man, it's the midfielders are real hard, but like, it's either going to be someone that's just a beast that is always there, like Mo, even though he's sort of like you know low on the overall points list. But if it's one of these value guys that's having a good season, it could be so many players. Like it could be Trossard, it could be Almiron, you know what I mean? It could be Martinelli, Madison, fuck. Um I guess I gotta pick. I'll just go Mo, even though it's probably gonna be Almiron. Go I'll go Mo. Is that your final answer? Yeah. Correct. We round up. This is a win no matter what. It, it, there's no way I can go all three. Um, so Salah has got 720 and you were doing a good shout on the other guys so the rest of them are, so it's a bit of a drop to Trossard at 623 and I wonder if the difference there is Mo's on penalties so that probably increases oh, your threat right yeah okay and then yeah. you've got Almir on at 565 so again another bit, bit of a drop there follow closely behind the forgotten man Rodrigo at 552 and then it's a bunch of players like Martin at 532 then Bowen at 5.30, which is probably the pen thing. Zahar at 4.98. And then your man Rashford at 4.91. So um, that's quite interesting. And then Defender for the oh for the God. set. It's going to be impossible. And by the way, I'm rounding down your score. So if you get... So if you <laughs> we, we definitely round down on this. <laughs> yeah, okay. Ah, uh, fuck. Okay, so not like... It's like XG, right? Not XA, basically. Okay, it's XG. So... This threat. It's all about chance of scoring goals. Yeah. Uh, I think it's got to be one of the fucking Arsenal guys then. Maybe Cancelo. He, does he... Has he been shooting a lot? I don't know, right? Like, I don't even know how many goals these guys have. I think I looked the other day and, like, they, like I'm trying not to look at shit to, to give me, a like, an edge. I don't want to, like, accidentally cheat and see the answer kind of thing, right? So, I think... Can't. S I think the leader for goals was like for a defender was only like two, and it was like Gabriel and Saliba. Uh, like it's going to be a guy that heads the ball a lot on set pieces, 
But if they do long range shots like Cancelo, that's not going to hurt. Fuck. My guess is between Cancelo. Can I like pair the Arsenal guys together? Like, I don't know which one's going to have a higher fucking threat out of Gabriel and Saliba. Ugh. Fuck. Okay, I'll just go Cancelo because I like if I don't want to like waste it on an Arsenal one and get and it's the other Arsenal one. So who is it? Cancelo is second. Fuck off. <laughs> if it's the if it's the Arsenal one, I win it. Fuck that. You're rounding up if it's an Arsenal player. It's not an Arsenal player. It's oh. much much worse than that. Uh, who is it? Like Perisic? Nope. Oh. The other one. I only said that because you don't like Spurs. No, it's the other one. Uh, what do you mean the other one's like fucking seven fullbacks on that team? Is it Sessignon <laughs> or is it Doherty? Is it Emerson? It's Sessignon. Sessignon. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I couldn't believe it when I looked at this. So Sessignon is two six five. All right, you're is... rounding up because it was Sessignon. That's fucking ridiculous. That's like a trick question. It's not. It's and not I got Cancelo too. Like so, so he's two six five. Cancelo is two three four. Shaw is two three one, and there's a bunch of people around two hundred. Gabriel's like oh. sixth or something, one nine seven, and Saliba. Yeah. Well, you know, I was saying before, Saliba's not the guy to go for. He's not. He's like nowhere. He's like sixty six. He's like Bro, not even on the first still, list. Like, if you go to those like price transfer sites, he's still like going to go up again. He's like almost. He's like five three. But, like, but I was saying to you before, Saliba's not the guy to go for because one of those goals was a worldie from the outside of the box. Yeah. Left foot in the top corner. He's not doing that again this season. Well, I hope he does, no. but it's unlikely. Well, it, is, he, is he out partying with France or is he, does he come back? Don't know. Don't know. But anyway, I still wouldn't. He's too expensive relative to White. What's anyway. up with Ben White? Did he did he have some personal shit or he just came back? Is he he's, like he's playing? He's, he's playing now. He's playing. Okay. Okay. So, but yeah, uh, I thought it was interesting that Sessignon was top, given that. Yeah, me too. Uh, and particularly given we've worked out that it's cumulative. If this is cumulative, he's only played. He's not played every <laughs> game either. It's crazy. He must, and that's a really low number, though. It can't be. It can't be like calculated the same as XG then. Well, I don't think it's interesting as well because Cancelo is. It's everyone said that Cancelo's XG and XA is down this season, which is why he's only second in this list. But to go show, I don't think there's any defenders are absolute standout. Well, I guess Sessignon kind of is. If it's cumulative, well, you're going on threat, not creativity, which is the other letter. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, but this letter. is threat. But, yeah, but Cancelo normally is threat. You know, gets in chances to score goals. But anyway, Sessignon once anyway, I was surprised with Sessignon and I thought you'd never get that in a million years, which is which obviously turned out to be true. Um right. So let's back to the games then after after that bit of fun. So let's go to Arsenal West West Ham then, because we chatted a bit a little, little bit about the players already. So um Jesus is injured, which is very yeah. bad. Um doubt for a few months. I mean, there's no there's been no announcement. Arteta likes keeping these things close to his chest, but he's had some sort of surgery so on his knee, so not a good sign. As you say, Saliba might be late back from the World Cup, but he didn't play. Ben White has been playing, as I just mentioned. Mm -hmm. uh, Saliba's on four yellow cards, and Saka is on four yellow cards. Oh, uh, I didn't know that. From a West Ham mm. perspective, only Cornet's flagged on the game, and even then he's 75%, but I also believe that Zoom has had some form of operation and he hasn't played yet. Uh, and it's also worth bearing in mind that Kera, the West Ham signing, don't laugh at me, um, has got four yellow cards, and Skamaka, the forward, has got three yellow cards. 
So particularly probably the, the former one, if anyone's looking at a West Ham defender, watch out, he is on four yellows. Um, I guess as an Arsenal fan, I'm very worried that Jesus isn't playing. He's obviously, yeah. I know he's not, I know he's not been scoring the goals, but he's, his overall, you know, it's just the, what he brings to that that team. The flip side to that is we were we were competitive last season without yeah. him. So there's no, re- and obviously the Odegaards, the Sackers of, you know, the Martinelli's of all young players and another year's experience. We've got yeah. like Saliba now. We've got hopefully Zinchenko's fit. So I still think, you know, it's an improved team regardless. But I think we do have to buy some form of attacking player, whether it's a centre forward or another wide player, to give someone like a Martinelli more chance at centre forward. I mean, for me, it makes Martinelli more attractive because I think yeah, he will get some minutes at centre forward. I was that was my question. I was going to ask you: Does this make Martinelli a must? Yeah, it does I for me. It does for me too. Like he's already good, but I mean, like Eddie and Keddy is there. He, we all had him at the end of last season, partially because of his price. But like he was fucking rocking and rolling, man. Like he was playing well too. Like he's definitely going to get some some minute minutes. But Martinelli will get minutes at left wing or center forward. It, my question to you is: is uh, second question to you is is uh, ESR fit or what's going on with him? ESR is apparently fit, but he's not played yet, from what I gather. Um, he's five point six million, but he's still got some form of green groin injury. I think he will play some minutes, but I think he'll be. He'll slowly get his minutes back, so I wouldn't go straight for him. Oh no, so, I don't want him. No, no, I just but... I'm curious about like Martinelli and and uh, and Kedia and like who's going to play where. Like like if if Mart like if if you said yeah, he starts fit and he's playing and everything, I'd be like okay, well then I could see Martinelli playing some center forward minutes then. But if you're like oh he's still injured, then I, my thought is, and I think Pepe's injured too. Not that he's anywhere, isn't he out on loan anyway? Pepe, I thought, I I thought we sold him. Yeah, there you go. So he's so my point was just going to be like you know then Martinelli's probably going to stay on the left wing and and uh, Eddie's going to play center forward would be my guess. But if ESR's fit, then I could see Martinelli playing center forward. Either way, Martinelli's going to play and he's the pick. Right? Yeah, Mar- yeah, Martinelli's the pick. I mean, Enketia is six point five, so he's not he's a no go because it's it's an interesting one because if we do buy center forward. That's not a great sign to Enketia, is it, about his long-term future at the club? If we're going to go, nah, I think he'll get a run. Yeah, I, I think he'll. I think he'll get some. He'll get minutes. Yeah. Um, and like Jesus isn't out forever. Like they don't want to go spend a shitload of money when you've already got your answer there. I mean, we will. Even before this happened, we were strongly linked with a right-sided attacking player. Is what we're supposed to be after. Just okay. to give nothing out to give Saka a rest. Um, so. Okay. I think we, I think we will buy some form of attacking player, but I think it's more likely we'll get an attacking winger of some sort, which just gives us more options of playing the Martinelli or some sort of false nine or something, like yeah. a, like a, I think Smith Smith Rose played a false nine before first before, and I'm, I think like a Saka could do a, do a, do a job there as well. But uh, it'd be interesting to see how much that you know. Obviously, unlike City, we don't have that incredible depth that they do have. I mean, obviously, they would miss Haaland, but I mean, Alvarez, Alvarez has proved that you know he's not the you know he's a fairly decent alternative, right? Whereas obviously, Enketi wasn't in the in the same league as an Alvarez. Right. Um, yeah. So I'm uh, as an Arsenal fan, I'm a little bit nervous because obviously we're five points clear and it's we have a chance of winning the league. It's going to be still tough regardless, but losing what has been who has been our talisman effectively is 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 a tough blow. Um, oh, fantasy wise. Uh... How many Arsenal are you going to have? 
and uh, I'm assuming White and uh, Martinelli are locks in the team. Do you go for a third with Saka or no? I wouldn't go for Saka at the moment, no. No, me either. I um, think he's a bit too expensive when you got Martinelli there and the four yellows. And just, I I mean, at that price, I'd rather have Kulu, who I know will have a double coming up than Saka or a player like that. That's the problem for me. I, I really like Odegaard. And I could see him, if Arsenal, <laughs> you know, if Arsenal end up doubling in 21, let's say, I could see o Ode Odegaard being a player that I'm, I'd be after. I, I, I think he's just, yeah. But I, I guess the only the other thing about the Arsenal attack is, will it be as effective without Jesus? And I think that could arguably downgrade all the attackers to some extent, which I guess counteracts what we just said about Martinelli. But then it probably really puts me off doubling, doubling up on Arsenal's attack until I kind of see how it balances out without Jesus, if that makes sense. Yeah. Cool. I think Martinelli and White will be uh, pretty highly owned, although I don't, I don't know if everybody's... All on Martinelli like us. Okay. Though, you know, I, I also got him at six million. I just don't want to sell him partially as like my one guy. I might keep all your he's incredible value. It's just because there's so many good mid mid priced mids, you know, I could see teams just not having them because there's six other guys they might pick instead. Or look yeah. at the fixtures or something. I don't know. Yeah. I mean the fact he came back from the world woke up earlier than expected with Brazil and obviously he didn't really play much in Brazil anyway. I yeah. think I just think, yeah, for me, he's a no-brainer to keep. I think, you know, you know, I think him, Odegaard, arguably, you know, you could argue Odegaard is he might outscore Martinelli. Maybe he could, but I, when it's a toss of a coin like that, I mean, I'd still probably, I still favour Martinelli. I just think, yeah, he's just the way to go. And I guess we haven't really talked much about West Ham. I guess you talked about the defence earlier. I think it's an, in, I think West Ham an interesting team after game week seventeen. Uh, but I guess Bowen at eight eight million is still not really. He's a price point. I'm just looking at his stats. He's got like two fucking goals, dude. Like, I'm sorry, this guy needs to impress me before I go for him. I funny thing is, I moved to him for the fixtures earlier this year, yeah. And um, I got him like right when he started returning, and then he just he's just being like, how many games have they played? Like. 15 or so and he's got like two goals yeah agreed and and he's probably lost penalties as well hasn't he because they came to they seem right. to rotate the penalty if you miss one then it's the next guy's chance until he misses one and then it's the next guy so i think he's probably like quite aware of getting the penalties back which i think yeah. is and which which is obviously a dead a dead heat when you, when you look at saka who you um, i mean that's the thing about saka he's a, he is on penalties which i think is actually fair yeah. in, in devil's advocate though this we just even though we have like our our views on these players for this season, we have to realize this pause that just happened was basically like an off season. Players yeah. formed like look at Bowen last season compared to this season, right? Like one of the probably the best value player in the league, one of the best attackings you could have possibly had last season, to like horrible. Well, this pause that's just happened, it's now a new season. Maybe he's unreal or some players that we just currently had that were unreal are now going to be horrible or like a new player emerges, right? Like I think flexibility is sort of the key here and almost wiping the slate clean in your mind on who was like how well X player was playing to a degree. Okay. Right. We've got three games left. We've been chatting for about an hour and a half, which has been, <laughs> yeah. So, well, 
it's it's well, there's lots to talk about as we said at the start. So we're we're enjoying it. So we'll we will crack on. Uh, Chelsea versus Bournemouth. So I guess we talked a bit about Chelsea Chelsea defence already. Yeah. Um. So Alex Ball, who people know, is one of the fancy football contributors. Just just before this, he gave me an injury up, up, update on. He said James is fit. He thinks Fafana is still out injured and Kepa is unknown. But all three so, both all three of yellow flags at the moment. And I'm is Fafana, and I'm not seeing he's injured anywhere. So I'm really curious where he got that from. Yeah. In I mean, fact, Premier League just put out an article yesterday on how Fofana's return can put Chelsea back on the front foot. This came out yesterday on the Premier League website. Like, I don't is he hurt? For sure. I thought he was due back now. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's an it's an interesting one. Chilwell's got a red, and uh, just to complete it, Broyer's out for the season. The tricky right. thing with Chelsea is I was looking at their friendlies. They had an official friendly last Sunday against Villa. So the eleventh, that 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 would be. There's no other friendlies arranged. They're not in the EFL yeah. Cup. So the next official match is the twenty seventh. Now I do wonder, like friendlies might just happen at fair, fairly last minute and not fully scheduled. So maybe they will sure. be a friendly and a bit. Of t- I'm surprised they won't have any more games, and you know, for two weeks until they're back again. So perhaps they'll be behind closed door or something. So I mean, I think the news on Chelsea's fitness is going to be critical because Kepper, James, and Fafana could all be fairly popular. Um, it's also worth bearing in mind that Kante is still out till mid February. It feels like he's been out forever, and that has could argue, arguably has an impact on the defence. And on my yellow card count, uh, James, Sterling, and Havertz. I guess James is only one that really matters. Are all in three three yellows. And for Bournemouth, the only thing I've got to got to say is O'Neill is now the permanent manager. He was he was caretaker before the break, and now he's he's permanent because there was, if you remember, Kev, there was talk of Bielsa taking over, but that right. that never worked out. So they've given O'Neill the uh, the permanent um, manager role. Um, so I mean, Bournemouth, we're not picking any players from there. Kev, anything to say about Chelsea players? Well, I just think they've got a double coming up. They're one to really monitor. And it's probably going to come down to Fafana and Reese James fitness and how uh, many minutes they're playing. And I just feel like if Fafana ends up being, you know, fine and fit, they weren't going to spend that much money unless he was going to be like a key part of that D. Um, and I, and like with, with the fixtures coming fast and furious, like I just think there's going to be a lot of rotation and like Reese James one pointers or like 18 pointers or I don't know. What maybe it's one pointers or six pointers? I don't know. Like we're still early on in Potter's managerial tenure at that team, and yeah, Reese James scored against Monaco, but like, and Fofana actually scored under Potter a goal too. So it's it's just really hard to know how they're gonna play. Uh, their prices are just really attractive, and they got the double coming up. So I I guess I'm a little concerned about Reese James being my third defender. You know what I mean? Like if it if it yep. turns out he's just gonna troll us. Uh, where you know, but like, who do I want my third defender to be? Maybe it's just going to be a Man United guy or a Ben White or whatever. I don't know. The the fixtures right away, Bournemouth and then Forest are really good, and then a double. So definitely going to have at least one of those two guys in my team, maybe both. Uh, and then as far as Keppa, uh, uh, did you want me to give my opinion there? Did, I Absolutely, don't know if, yeah. Really interested. Yeah. So my opinion on Keppa is just. Uh, I think the World Cup break was 
not great for that scenario because he was kind of like seemed to be over like dramatically outperforming his like expected underlying stats on the games that he'd had like he had that one uh do you remember when he had like a triple save on ings yeah I mean, that's really good for underlying numbers. Like, Ings basically kicked it right at him three times. He had the one really good save, and then the other two were, like, kicked right at him, and then, like, his stats blow up because of that. But he was outperforming his stats. So he, like, it seems to me like he'd been getting in scenarios where he should have been scored on a lot. And then also, like, there's still Mendy there. So do I want him to be my keeper just because they double i don't even know if he's going to double like who's who's the hot hand right now i just feel like uh i'd rather go with fafana or reese james like i personally would not have all three of those guys i don't like that concept at all and like especially all three of them have a fucking flag on them imagine having three d from chelsea that all have flags on them and that's like all in your team at the same time like it doesn't seem like a great situation for for fantasy i i kind of want a bit of balance there so i i could see myself having reese james and then also maybe fofana just because he's so cheap he could end up being like one of the best value d in the game for the remainder of the season uh and not keppa what about you so i was definitely looking at i have a scenario, scenario where i have fofana white and castagna as my rotating third defender effectively oh, i like that you're just basically saying, you know, fuck Reese James. The guy's not going to play enough for the doubles to matter. Yeah, exactly. And then my starter would be Fafana. So I'd start with Fafana as my third defender. And if for some reason he gets injured again or it doesn't quite work out, or, you know, Arsenal, Leicester get a double and Chelsea haven't got one at some point, I can just slot them in. Yeah. Okay. And, and so that's kind of where my head is at. I'm kind of with Kepper. I. I I'm a bit uncertain. Is he definitely going to start over Mendy? Which is kind of kind of where you were touching on a little. You kind of didn't quite say that, but yeah. I kind of have, have like that doubt. Potential keeper transfer that could actually have to happen in your team, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, well, I guess we've got Kepa and Ward. Then it's not an immediate one, is it? But you know that Kepa will start losing money if he gets yeah. dropped. Um. Okay. Let's go to Man United Forest then. So. Apparently, there's no Man United players flagged, but it's worth bearing bear, bear in mind that their first choice centre backs, Varane and Martinez, played played in the World Cup final. Well, perhaps Martinez didn't did, did actually play for Argentina, but anyway, they were both. He's drunk involved. right now. I mean, they're all he's drunk. drinking till fucking Saturday. Yeah, and in terms of the defenders, Shaw, Maguire, and Martinez all have got three yellow cards. Um. Oh my god, I didn't know that. Dallow just had a yellow, right? Like he just served his fifth yellow suspension. I think so. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he's injured, potentially. There's potential injury, but again, they're not flagged on the game, which is kind of what I'm saying. Is at the moment the game isn't overly wow. helpful because it looks for official. It's kind of like random that it doesn't like it captures that Jesus is injured, although it says 25 percent chance of playing or something stupid when we know he's had an operation. But it's <laughs> silence on like Ricarlison and I mean Dallow's injury sounds like more of a rumor than something that's official, but it wasn't They're like, what should we put out if one guy's like, well I guess anything's possible. <laughs> put him at 25. <laughs> Dude, he's like in a wheelchair. Like <laughs> he's not gonna play, man. 
Well, I, I, let me just double check that I've said that. Yeah, it's a twenty <laughs> knee, knee injury, twenty five percent chance of playing. That is correct. I'm just double check before I I make someone sound like they aren't, aren't doing doing their job properly. Now, on my, so this is where my second differential comes in, and he's currently in my team is De Gea. Okay. Seven point three percent owned, four point nine million. So Man United, they've got some nice fixtures, and I do like him as a bit of a different keeper to have. So the I think if Kepa was fit, maybe I'd, and I thought he'd definitely start, maybe I'd go Kepa because of what you just described in terms of two nice fixtures. Although Man United, United start with two nice fixtures, but it's the double that you that I'd get as well. Yeah, the doubling so, keeper, yeah, that's key. Yeah, that, I think that's that's the my only dilemma there. But I do my, like. Uh, my differential was for number one was Fafana, by the way. I wrote that yeah. in the notes, but I didn't bold it, so you must not have saw it. No, no, I I saw you wrote wrote it down, but I thought you I thought you'd say it. <laughs> That's kind of how these things work. Yeah, fair enough. That's how it works, I guess. I'm supposed to be following your lead. Uh, well, <laughs> so yeah, well, I'll do so from now on. I'll 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 announce what Kev is supposed to say at the same time as what I'm supposed Perfect. to say. <laughs> I like the uh, differentials at the beginning better. Just yeah, and I guess I guess we'll we'll get back to that when we get back to the the part yeah. one, part, part two format. I just did it a bit different this this time round. Um, having having arranged it all, it's always nice nice to get criticised at the end. Um, so, <laughs> so one of the questions we, we we had, which I thought was quite interesting, is is Rash is Raf, is is Rashford a cheap enabler? Yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely. I mean, he's in my team. I assume he's in your yeah. team, Kev. Yeah, yeah, I just, I don't know, like, get that lovely goal. To, like, there's definitely some World Cup bias going on with this pick. However, and, you know, Ronaldo leaving just sort of cements, okay, he's basically being locked in as the starter since game week 11. But for some reason, we need Ronaldo to actually leave to believe in it. Like, he's played 90, 80, 90, 90, 90. It's worth saying he's only had one goal <laughs> that whole time. and uh hadn't scored since the brace against arsenal in game week six before that so that's not great but he had that awesome free kick goal for england right so that's what i got in my mind and they've got the good fixture run, run coming up uh but I'd, I'd rather have rashford uh at that cheaper price um than anthony for a more expensive price even though anthony is fit now i believe and should be back and and yeah. like has more goals lately in, in that run just because he's a bit more expensive and I don't fully trust him. I just, I guess I just prefer Rashford as a, as a fan. <laughs> I guess and, it's kind of coming down to in the price. The, the thing is, he's got Nottingham Forest at home, Wolves yeah. away, Bournemouth at home. I know. Beautiful fixtures. And then he and goes Man City at home, Arsenal away. But that's fine. I mean, if you want to, you can sell him. switch to your doubling Kulusevsky, though. So say that again. That that's when I think most people will be switching to a doubling Kulisevsky if if Spurs double. Assuming you can find the one point three or whatever you need extra money. Yeah, agreed. Well, uh, the plan was Kane or Darwin down to Mitro there, but yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think there's a there's the yeah. I, I think he's hold for three game weeks and then if he's still looking in fire, you you might keep him anyway because he may well score against Man City and Arsenal. There's nothing stopping him doing that. But you know, and he's a nice switch, like an Odegaard at six point four. If you want, you fancy that or whatever. So there's lots of there's lots of things to, yeah. I, he's a nice price price point. It's not as if you're going to be stuck with him and can't find an alternative at the same price. I think that the World Cup 
um, like there's some biases that might negatively impact us. Like, you know, for example, I look at Bruno while we're talking about Man United and maybe that was going to come up next, but he had an excellent World Cup for fantasy purposes and just like played really well. I know they, they exited and should have beat Monaco, but like had a really good World Cup attacking wise, but he's playing on the wing. He's playing in an attacking wing role for Portugal. It's pretty dramatically different. And, and you know, I know Ronaldo's gone, but Bruno was playing this number 10 role for Man United. He's played, like, pretty much every minute and hasn't really done anything all season. And Ronaldo's barely played. It's not like Ronaldo, similar to the Rashford thing, right? Like, it's not like, we're in, oh, Ronaldo's leaving. Finally, these guys are going to get minutes. No, they, Bruno's played every fucking game, and Ronaldo's barely been on the pitch. So, like, what you've seen is sort of what you're going to get. But the difference between Bruno and Rashford for me from the World Cup is I think Rashford got a lot of confidence from that World Cup. Like that one big game uh, he and Foden had. Remember that? Yep. Was it uh, against fuck. Wales? Wales. That was just like, oh, dude, his confidence must have been through the roof from that. And even missing that free kick right near the end, like it was close. It was a great free kick. Yeah. Nice you know, work. so. Like, I feel like his confidence is there. And then these three great fixtures, I just, I think World Cup helps some of the younger guys. Like, maybe he's not that young anymore, but their their confidence, like him and maybe Saka, a guy like, I know he's in the Bundesliga, but like a Bellingham, right? Where like with with um, Bruno, he had a big World Cup, but he was playing in a different position. He doesn't play in for Man United. So I, I just, just feel the like... Other thing, the other thing with Bruno, though, he must now be nailed on penalties again, though, right? Yeah, fair enough. But again, he already was. Ronaldo wasn't playing. Ronaldo basically hasn't been with the team for fucking ages. <laughs> it's not like he just left and it's like this big difference. Ronaldo's oh. Ronaldo's did that fucking stupid error because he's pissed off because he wasn't playing. I mean, and he also wanted to go and play for Champions League team. I get that. But like, anyway, my point is I think there's a bit of an overreaction from the Ronaldo thinking which is the same for Rashford and Bruno, but my tiebreaker is besides cost being dramatically lower. It's just, I think the world cup, uh, the great world cups for both of them was more beneficial for Rashford because he needed it for his confidence where I don't think Bruno has a confidence issue. And I think our perception of Bruno is just that, you know, he had this great world cup, which he did, but it's because he's playing in a completely different position. Okay, cool. Um, I'm going to say one thing on Forest, which is no one's buying the Forest players anymore. No. And Nico Williams at 4.0 is a no-no because A, he's not nailed, and B, there's Patterson and Bueno. Okay. So that's Forest. Last game, Leeds versus Man City. Um, mm -hmm. Leeds news. So Bamford and Sinistera are flagged. Surprise, surprise, Bamford isn't fit. Uh, as Kev mentioned earlier, 4.4 .4 Summerfield is injured. So he was kind of the uh, maybe in the teams, but I still think, even if he was fit, I still think we, we'd be on our Andreas, as we discussed earlier. But obviously, Somerville, if his injury isn't too bad, might might be an option to replace Andreas further down the line. There are no City players flagged on the website. Mm -hmm. Alvarez is going to be late back from the World Cup. He's going to be drunk, as we mentioned, everyone else. <laughs> uh, Cancelo is on three yellow cards. And I believe, Kev, you might, might have a differential here. We do. Him. Thanks for the nudge appreciate that yeah so uh i'm not gonna i'm not saying i'm gonna do this but i am gonna consider it it's just ederson is my differential because he's he's gonna be like barely anyone's third city player right like it's gonna be holland 
and then likely two of Cancelo, De Bruyne, and Foden. Probably Cancelo and one of Foden or De Bruyne, right? Um, but what I, why I think Ederson could be a good pick is with all these doubles coming up and these fast and furious games, he's going to play. I can't say that about anyone else. Like, it's not really going to be a double for most of the Man City guys, is it? Like, is Foden going to actually double or is he going to play fucking maybe one game? <laughs> you know, I don't even know. So with Ederson, it's 180 minutes. Might even get an assist. Probably going to clean them both. Well, maybe not. Uh, Spurs game is actually a really tough game for City, the way they play. But So anyway, my point is just, it's it's something to consider that while they're three city are no brainer during this festive period and then with doubles and all these games coming fast and furious like who's actually going to play enough that uh they're going to outscore ederson because keepers tend to do really well during doubles and city likely have two maybe even three doubles coming up right now yeah i i think it's a good shout what i would say is just winding back in terms of the free city, you and I both are going to have three city. And we, as you kind of say, you, you describe as a non, no brainer. I'm aware that there was thought out there that two city might be enough to start off with. Mm-hmm. And I guess the point being there is the, the thick and fast and rotation. Yeah. So that, that, so I'm very conscious you, you and I are quite nailed on three city, but I do think two city is probably not completely crazy. Just that it's not really in our, in, yeah. in our thoughts. Fair enough. Um, uh, so and the fixtures aren't amazing technically, but like you said, the fixtures tend to not matter. But like nineteen is Chelsea away, twenty is Man United away, and Tottenham at home. I mean for the double, and then the double later is like Arsenal and Villa. It's not a great, great double either, is it? Yeah, and three, just, three days away from each other. Yeah. I, yeah, Edison's interesting. That is interesting. Um, so, who's your second and third city? So, for me, I've definitely got Cancelo as my second. I just think he's just the. I'm just happy to have Cancelo. I just think I, yeah. so. I, so that's easy for me. And then my third, I'm torn between. Uh, I've had De Bruyne in some of my drafts, mm-hmm. um, and I really oh, do yeah. like De Bruyne. It's just coming back. The, the my only question mark about De Bruyne is the fact that. Now, Belgium had a bit of an off World Cup. They obviously fell out as a team. De Bruyne seemed to be in the heart of that a little bit, but Leeds away and Everton at home to start off with a, a lovely yeah. fixtures for him. Um, I've really liked Bernardo Silva, and I almost had him in instead of Foden in my previous wild card. I think Silva seemed to play most matches, mm-hmm. and I just, I just, so I really like Silva. I know you're not as big a fan, and I was really interested in the Kanji, but then I. And I kind of wrote down this question because I realised maybe this is the problem. Walker's now back, and the Kanji's played a bit of right back, and he's played a little bit of centre back. And I wonder if Walker being back means that Kanji isn't as nailed as he was beforehand. So that's put me off with Kanji a little bit. But he's five point oh because he he started from game week eight. He played eight nine from eight nine ten eleven. Yeah, all those matches from game week eight through to game week sixteen. He started every game. And, and uh, all the Champions League matches that mattered. Yeah, so maybe he is nailed, even without Walker. Without, with he, but there was a question mark with Walker back. So that is the inter- That is, I guess, that's the third defender we didn't mention, mention before. Is a Kanji that's playing your third third defender? Yeah, alternative. So at the moment, I'm I'm not going Foden. 
I think I'd go yeah. Bernardo Silva ahead of Foden. That's where my head's at. But right. I know Foden, Foden's the maybe the safer or more popular choice. But what 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 are your thoughts, Kev? Yeah, I think uh, it, like Cancelo and Holland are pretty like much staples in most teams, and then it's a split between De Bruyne and Foden. And if you have De Bruyne, it probably means you don't have like Kane or or like maybe even Darwin, but probably can afford Darwin. But like you know, you're not also going Kane. And I just want to be able to get Kane. I feel like there's enough really good value mids that I can get that are like 5 million cheaper than De Bruyne, 6 million cheaper than De Bruyne. Even Foden's like, you know, 4.3 million cheaper than De Bruyne. And he's only got 14 less points than him. And he's played a lot less minutes. So I, I feel like just it's not worth the extra money, seeing as I'm not captaining him i do feel like de bruyne is a bit more nailed on and same with bilva for this fast and furious period than foden though but who knows man who fucking knows i don't know i don't think he could go wrong either way so what about kanji you consider him i think it's just a bit too uh like i'd go i'd go i'd go ederson before i'd go a kanji i think okay I think I think even though he's started all that, like because of the Fast and Furious thing, like he'll probably get some rest. And he was at World Cup too. Okay. Right. We're almost two hours in. Yeah, we, I'm going to get yelled at hard for my wife here. <laughs> it's going to be so much <laughs> well, yelling. Well, so I, 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 I had one more thing to ask you, but is there anything else that you've not no. had a chance to say during the rest of the podcast you want to say? I, I just I don't think we need to like throw out our template here because like it's gonna change so much based on uh <clears throat> um these EFL games and shit and if any doubles get announced, but I would say like players that are for sure locked in my team are Holland, Martinelli, uh I'd say for me, Rashford, Almiron, and Andreas. So there's one more attacking midfielder, like like you know, could be as could be a mower or De Bruyne, but probably likely going to be Foden for me. So I'm kind of pretty set there. And then up front, I, I'm pretty set on like Holland. Uh, I think Darwin and Kane for me, I think is where I'm going to go. But I need to tinker if like I go like De Bruyne, like De Bruyne and Mitro or Kane and Foden, I guess is probably what I'd be tinkering around with. And then I'd say White's nailed, Cancelo Trippier's nailed. And then those other two, it's like, do I go with a Man U? Do I go with a Reese James, Fafana? That's kind of what my where I'm playing around with. And then like I have Pope and Ward in that, but maybe I'll play around with Ederson and removing that Foden De Bruyne thing, or maybe I'll play around with like Iverson because I have Ward as well. Uh, and like, what can that unlock? So that's where my mind's at for tinkering. Okay. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I'm. Yeah, I, I I won't go through mine, but I, I the moment I guess the key thing to say is I'm the moment I have a draft that's got De Bruyne in one that's got Salah in. Whether or not it will end up that way, I don't know. But as I mentioned, my forward forward line at the moment is Mitrovic, Wilson, mm -hmm. and uh, sorry, not Mitrovic, uh, Wilson, Harland, and Darwin, which is maybe slightly different to some others. Um, Definitely. Okay. Yeah. Here is my question for you. So obviously in the World Cup, one of the key things we saw was the sort of the stoppage time being added on more accurately, as I, I might describe it. Yeah, like the the 
extra time running like 11 minutes for a half kind of thing yeah yes there's the stoppage time exactly um if that gets applied to the premier league and i'm not sure because it feels like that would have to be a new directive it's almost like a yeah. change in the game but if it was applied to the premier league i guess it's this question as much as a statement that would change the parameters somewhat because it would suddenly give a bigger bias towards your attacking players because i think you'll see a lot less clean sheets just by right. naturally just be more time and also you'd see a lot more rotation of your like your fullbacks i think and your attacking wide players just sure those extra minutes would make a difference um so yeah just it's just a point to make and it's one to watch out for to see is that something that comes in formally or is that something that comes in informally and therefore something i'll be watching closely over the first sort of few games back you're asking so the question is informally or formally no, I'm oh, sorry. It's more. I was. I was. It's not really a question. It's just me making a statement saying. Oh. <laughs> I think it'll be interesting to see if it makes a difference or not. But yeah, you know, if you've got any points of view on it, it'll be interesting to to know. I don't. No, not really, man. I don't. I don't think it's a big deal personally. Like, if the game changes because of that, it, you know, well, I'm not gonna like change anyone in my team because of that. No, agreed. Good players are the good players. Maybe it would like make make me change formation from like a. I'd say it would if, if I was in like a five three two or something. I'd maybe address like not having the D, but like I'm pretty sure most of our formations are going to be three at the back with all these innate like cheap mids we all have, and it seems like we all have three forwards. So I, I feel like you know White and Fafana or whatever are going to be on my bench <laughs> most of the time. Okay. <laughs> it's going to be a like Cancelo, Trippier, Reese James, or whoever that ends up being in my in my starting. Uh, 11 most of the times with with 2d on the bench so like i think if that were to happen i'd probably already be set up just fine for that having less d yeah okay um so that's us that's us done all you right better get, you better get back to Ooh, the family. quick one quick holiday one <laughs> um I don't think we'll be podding again. No, we won't be podding again because no. next weekend's Christmas. So we're not going to pod again until the uh, bank. Uh, so wow. until the game comes back. It's going to be hard too because they're going to be like right. Like when's the deadline after this deadline? It's like New Year's Eve or New Year's Day. Oh or something. New Year's Day. Or New my Year's work's Day. pretty dead though. Like I can do this kind of. Oh, sorry. Yeah. So the next deadline is Friday, 30th of December. So there's not a lot of turnaround between. No. So the last game in the this game game week is the wednesday and then the next game week starts on the friday so there's not really much time for us oh, yeah. to we'll, pod we a thursday. well we'll talk other, we'll see if we can we'll work out yeah we, we might throw some in but maybe won't have as perhaps it'll be as unstructured as, well actually, this this has had structure but perhaps we'll will be um perhaps we'll just do game by game analysis again rather than the full xg and xa and all that but let's let's see how we feel it may yeah. come out a random time but i'm pretty certain we won't do a game week 18 and the game week 19 pod because there just isn't time we'll see well kev's kev's obviously keen right enjoy that mate uh have well, enjoy too, the game week have a great christmas yeah you too man merry christmas right. you guys say happy christmas over there don't you happy, happy christmas merry christmas, christmas. <laughs> okay just well the most important thing is yeah have, have, a, have a good one and uh yeah. i'll chat to you soon cheers pal. all right See Bye -bye. you guys. Bye. See you, bud.